Mark Collier for Thomas Matters Radio. We're going to do a quick pod today. It is March the 25th. It's a Saturday. We have two basketball games last night. We've got two tonight. And we're going to talk with Will Chambers uh, about the tournament so far. So are you looking for a job? Well, I know where you can get a really, really good one. Omega Processing Solutions is an award-winning business that's based in Fort Thomas with a commitment to their customer and their community. And that is displayed because they are our sole podcast sponsor. Their firm is rapidly expanding and they have opportunities as an account executive right now. So what is that? That's somebody that's going to develop sales contacts and appointments, meet and develop relationships with business owners, and prepare and present sales presentations. Uh, Lots of benefits Guaranteed monthly income, bonus on each sale, unlimited residual income, paid holidays and vacation, medical, vision, and dental. And if you would like to inquire about potential openings or positions, please send your resume to employment at omegap.com. That's employment at omegap.com. Become part of their team. So up next, we have Will Chambers. So back on the show for Thomas Matters Radio Podcast, I have Will Chambers with ESPN Radio Dallas 103.3 FM. Will, how are you? I'm great. How are you, my friend? Good. Always always fun to talk to you. So, uh, you as well? I, I, we're, we're right into March Madness. How many teams do we have in the, in the Elite Eight right now? We, we have all of them? Yeah, we have all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Elite Eight starts tonight. So we've got two games tonight, two games tomorrow. I want to save the Kentucky talk until later in our in our conversation. But um, you and I had talked briefly and, and exchanged some text messages about um, I first met Jim Nance uh, about a week ago yesterday. Uh, oh, yeah. Happenstance on the court. You've known Jim Nance for a while. Talk about that. Yeah, so uh, I, I think this was back in about 2008 or nine. Um, but right around that time, he had written a book called Always By My Side. And it was a book about his uh, journey with his father. His father, you know, he, they were incredibly tight. But it was also about his journey in, in broadcasting and, and rising to the uh, to the success that he's had, obviously, over his entire career. How fast it was. Everybody knows that story about the CBS truck at the Masters when he was in there. Or he knocked on the door and said, hey, I want to work for you and all that. But So I read the book quickly. And I'm at, I mean, literally, Mark, two days. And I, the things that struck me so much in the book were the similarities of the things that we would do uh, to try to understand how to do the job very well. Now, at this time, you know, I'm, I'm play-by-play for Georgetown College, and I was in a, a couple, maybe a few years into it. And, you know, when you do play-by-play, there isn't a, you know, there isn't a course to do play-by-play at, in college, or at least there wasn't when I was in college. You know, you just, you're kind of, you're learning on the fly, and you're, you listen and you watch games, and you try to take away with the people that you like with how they do it. You try to figure out how they do it. So I would listen, I, I would download on my iPad uh, games, uh, one game, a basketball game that he had done for CBS, a football game, and another one that was done by Joe Buck. And I would listen, watch that intently, and take notes, and when I was reading throughout his book, I, he says in there at one point that he used to record on a little tape recorder, you know, Dick Enberg and the guys that, you know, he wanted to emulate as well. There are all these different similarities. And so in reading the book, I was 
compelled to write him a letter. It was just a short, like one page letter about how much I appreciate his story and um, that I was, you know, in my career, what I was trying to do and how much it really helped me to kind of figure out how to navigate it, because that's really the hardest thing. You know, nobody tells you how to do it. Nobody tells you who to talk to or how to get a job or how to figure out how to do it. I mean, the, for two years, I was doing play by play. I didn't even know what a spot board was. I'd never seen one before. And so, you know, that's kind of how it is. And so, you know, I wrote the letter. I didn't really expect much of anything or anything at all in return. And about a few weeks later, I get a letter in the mail and it said CBS Sports on it. And I open it up and it's a card that says, you know, Will, your letter was simply outstanding. I'm proud of you and your career. Keep going. Jim Nance. And it was a handwritten note from like on a card that I still have to this day. It says from the desk of Jim Nance. And it was dated. And I was just completely thrown by it that, you know, he took the time to do it. And it was just amazing. Right. Well, I look the date on it. I, I find out about a week later that his father had passed away. And this was either he wrote this either the day before or the day after his father had passed. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy took the time to write me a little note when it's the final days of his father being alive. I, I couldn't have been more thrown uh, by it. Yeah. And I, I ended up writing him back. I, I wouldn't have done that, but I just something real quick saying, I can't tell you how touched I was that, you know, you know, to get your note, thank you so much, you know, my best. And then that was it for years. Well, one of my producers or my actual, the producer of the Tiger Sports Network in Georgetown got a job at the Golf Channel a few years later. And he said, uh, you know, he's like, hey, well, he's like, I came across Jim Nance's email. Are you interested in that? And I was like, no, I'm not. You know, I felt like it was a little bit creepy, to be honest. I'm like, no. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, why not? You know, I mean, he was such a nice guy. And so I emailed him. A day later, I get a response back from his assistant, Melissa, who says, hey, Will, you know, uh, Jim and I got your email. Uh, do you have time to talk? And I was like, absolutely. Right. Melissa calls me and we spent probably 45 minutes on the phone talking about life, career, you know, Jim and this and that. And she was just basically saying, you know, that Jim wishes you could wave a magic wand and, and get anybody a career. But we are, you know, we're so thankful that we've been able to strike up this you know, relationship and we want to make sure that, you know, we stay in touch and understand, you know, your journey and where you're going. And so along the way, uh, that was one where I was in contact with Melissa, but then here on out, you know, once every six months or so, I would email Jim. We'd go back and forth, and then uh, I'd met him before. I met him over at Jeff Ruby's, and we talked. I met his new wife, Courtney. They're just starting a family, and so, uh, yeah, we've been able to kind of strike up a, a friendship over the years, and he's been a, a tremendous uh, amount of support um he, he's just he, he couldn't be a greater guy yeah and it's been really special for me yeah no he um the the story that where our our paths crossed um a, a week ago like i said earlier we were coming off the court at in indianapolis he had worked i think four games uh the uk oh, yeah. nku game was the late game of course so you know by the time all the fans had emptied out and cbs was getting their uh equipment packed up um, it was, you know, it was all of 1230 and, you know, here he comes off the floor. I'm sure the last thing he wants to do is 
is talk to a nobody like me. Conduct an interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. And, it's a long day. Yeah, and he couldn't have been nicer. So, you know, the same type of thing that I think speaks to his character. Um, two cool stories on Jim Nance. So let, let's talk yeah. about uh, the, the tournament. Obviously, um, you know, Will and I both went to uh, UK. We, we are both uh, Kentucky fans, which is, of course, short for fanatic. And, and I think that's an apt word for both of us. Uh, in this regard, but no question. I actually, I had to hear to defend myself a little bit because of, uh, I actually, I went to UK, you know, we both went to Kentucky together, but I graduated from NKU. Yeah. So it's about the worst case scenario to have, you know, the first year of eligibility, your alma mater gets in the tournament and then they got to play your team. That was, that was like down there, like, man, this kind of sucks. So, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I had, I was there covering it. So I had to sit on my hands the whole time. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't cheer, and and I want no cheering from the press box. No, not at all. <laughs> some dudes behind no, me, no. some dudes behind me did did and were, and uh, the the site manager kind of had to come over and lay the smackdown on them. They were they were not Kentucky fans; they were NKU fans. So I, I don't yeah. know who they were with, but you know, it was tough to it was tough because obviously, like both those teams are. Uh, near and dear to both of us, um, no doubt. You know, right up the street is NKU. I I don't know if you did, but I always went to Kenny Shields basketball camps at at, at Highland Heights, and um, of course, Kenny Shields has has ties to Fort Thomas. So I, I just think mm-hmm. that the whole story of NKU and the way it kind of their field and in the Horizon League, the way it it opened up for them, and um, and they got some players. I, I you know that that Carson Williams kid. Um, Drew McDonald, LeVon Holland. Yeah. I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I, to tell you the truth, I had not – I didn't know much about the team. I, I mean, I knew, you know, from a distance, you know, that it was their first year in eligibility, you know, last year getting into D1. And then the first game I watched was actually their Horizon League, I think the semifinal, uh, as a mutual friend of ours, you know, Rob Bimeshi, who also did the same thing with me. You know, we went to UK but ended up graduating from NKU. was kind of keeping me up to date. Um, with what was happening, and so yeah, I didn't know much about the team until I saw them in that game. Yeah, I mean they're ballers. I I really think too, like John Brandon. I I think they got a star. Honestly, I, I he's he the way he conducted himself, um, you know, in the press conferences, and and he's getting he's getting studs. I mean, they signed they signed the Kentucky basketball Mister Basketball last year. I, I think they have a good class coming in this year. So we'll see what happens next year. Um, any surprises in your bracket so far? Are there any teams? That- uh, yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, I think the first place you got to start is with Xavier when you consider what they had gone through this year. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, when they, they lose their point guard, you know, tears an ACL. Uh, I think they, what, lost six games in a row in February, and it's pretty cool that they're actually walking around with, I think, something like an urn that's got ashes in it. But it, what they had done... Uh, if I understand the story correctly, they had ripped a calendar page of the month of February, burned it, and put it, you know, in this uh, urn or in a jar or something, and they're going around with it. But, you know, I, I watched them early in the year, and I really liked them. I thought that they were a good team. Chris Mack is clearly a fan, I mean, just a fantastic coach. Um, but they struggled so much that I just I thought it was going to be very difficult for them to well, clearly get to the Elite Eight. I don't think anybody had that coming, especially what they were able to do at the end of the game against Arizona, against guys that, look, you know, Alonzo Trier and Laurie Markinen are going to be in the NBA. You know, I don't know when you look at Xavier and you look at that team, I don't think there's any obvious NBA talent. So for them to be able to get past them, to go on that 9-0 run and to get into the uh, Elite Eight, 
they have been a huge pleasant surprise. Yeah, and, and you look at and well again, I keep teasing Kentucky, but Xavier's Road, I mean, you're talking about Maryland, Florida State, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a tough road. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at Maryland and Florida State, it was kind of difficult to make out. And it's one of the great things about the tournament is that you really there's some teams out there that you just don't know what you're really going to get from them. You know, with Florida State that they've got, you know, a few pros on there, too. They're incredibly talented at times this year. You know, they look like that they could be a a Final Four team. And other times you're like, how did you lose this game? Maryland, the same way they struggled, you know, going into uh, the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, they got a guy in a star in Mellow Tremble, but sometimes, you know, if you don't have, if you've got one star and he doesn't show up, that makes it awfully difficult. And I think that Xavier, you know, plays a very good style of basketball, a good team game that uh, makes it very difficult for you if you're able to lock down, you know, the one guy that you need to win. And I think that's what we saw over the first three rounds. All right, let's get a pick. Vegas has, Vegas has Xavier as an eight-point dog. Uh, to Gonzaga, who you, who you have going to the Final Four in that bracket? Well, look, I, I have actually bet against Xavier the last two. I'm not going to make the mistake again. Um, I, I do believe very much so in Gonzaga. I, I think that they are a team that can score from anywhere, inside, outside. Uh, very, very well coached. Uh, they've got size. They're going to be very difficult to beat. But I thought that that was the, going to be the problem going up against Arizona. Uh, you know, marketing is probably a top 10 pick. Uh, Alonzo Trier uh, obviously did not play the entire season because of the issues that he had for the performance enhancing suspension um, deal. And I, I just don't know how you can really bet against Xavier, at least as far as the spread goes, um, you know, to cover. Yeah, let's let's move up to the east. And that's that's where the all SEC uh Elite Eight game is going to be played in Florida and South Carolina, and you kind of look at that that side of that bracket, and I think that's where most of people's brackets were busted, right? Uh, was there a better team heading into the tournament than Duke? Uh, a, better, a team playing better basketball? Uh, probably not. Uh, incredible week they had in the ACC tournament, and I'll be frank about South Carolina. I thought they sucked. <laughs> I mean, I thought well, when I- you look at the NCAA tournament, to me, the, the 15, the 16 seeds, they're not always the worst teams in the tournament. A lot of times you have, you know, like an eight or a nine seed. They're the ones that barely get in. And I just thought, you know, South Carolina, I know they got the player of the year in the SEC, but I thought that was it. I did not think that they were very good. And they've played great. Frank Martin's got them really going. I, I couldn't be more surprised by South Carolina as well. They, they and Xavier were the two big ones for me, for sure. Well, I don't think you're alone there. KSR's Matt Jones called – South Carolina, the worst seven seed of all time. And, and that, yeah, I, I would have a hard time disagreeing with Matt on that one. Well, and then I, I think he got called out. I think I think uh, Frank Martin went on Feinbaum a little bit later on and, and called him out by name, and they might be using that, honestly, as fuel. I don't know. Well, probably. You know, we all know how big Kentucky sports radio is. It may have Kentucky in the name, but uh, that, that gets a lot of weight around the country yep. for good reason. So I can that's I, I can see that for sure. All right. Who's your pick? Uh, Vegas has Florida as a three-point favorite. Yeah, I got to go with Florida. Um, I, I thought that they were going to get beat by Wisconsin. It was, in my opinion, the best Big Ten team. And... They've been playing well. They're they are not the team at all that lost three times to Vanderbilt. I, I gotta 
I got to think here that South Carolina's run is going to end uh, with Florida. Okay, let's move over to the Midwest. That's the Kansas bracket. Kansas is cruising. Uh, they're they're going to play Oregon tomorrow. Um, Louisville obviously is in that bracket as well, and and they took an L in the second round, which you know, mm-hmm. really beat me up. Um, I, I say in jest, of course. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to the the Louisville fans. I just I just cannot root for your team, I, and I never will. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> so, a, any surprises here? Kansas and Oregon. Who do you, you have? Kansas coming out of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess right now, Kansas, you you win, you move on to the second weekend, and you're able to win a game by that kind of margin in the Sweet 16. Uh, that makes you, that should prove that you're probably the dangerous team, you know, in the tournament uh, the rest of the way. I think they've got the player of the year in Frank Mason the third. I think what they've got at Josh Jackson is a guy that has, I mean, he was a star in the beginning of the year, and he's really turned into an incredible ball player. Um, you know, the, he's a very smart player, too, which I think really helps them. So I think Bill Self right now has got the best team in college basketball. So, yeah, I see them moving past Oregon. Yep, they're a seven-point favorite. Let's move over to uh, the marquee match is, of course, the the match of the Blue Bloods in Kentucky and North Carolina. Vegas has the line started out as minus three for North Carolina, has moved to two and a half. Um, let's talk about Kentucky's road first. Um, Cal, obviously, you know, every year he's got a beef with the NCAA, I, and, and rightly so, I think, this year. Northern Kentucky, uh, you know, e- even as a two out of 15, that's that's a tough draw. And then you've got two hot teams in, in Dayton and Wichita State, which – um, you know, that, that was always going to be a tough, tough second round matchup. The UCLA game yesterday was, was, I think the best that Kentucky had looked all year. Uh, I would agree. What are your thoughts? I, I, I think so. I think that, you know, there's, there's coaches that you've got like, uh, Rick Pitino, uh, Cal is one, Izzo last year, last, excuse me, last year, notwithstanding in the early, uh, exit, but. There's a, there's a few coaches that each and every season have their team playing the best basketball going into the tournament, and it's really those three coaches um, more than anybody else, in my opinion. Cal has got this group buying in. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, where he has come from the beginning of the year to now, and he was great in the beginning of the year, but I, I really think that he had something to prove last night about you know the best point guard in the country, so to speak, and really wanted to show. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball, who, was, who the real star was. They're playing great defense. I think uh, Derek Willis on the defensive end has been tremendous. Th- this Kentucky team will go only as far as the supporting cast will allow it. You know, you can have the nights where Malik Monk can go two of ten from the field and, and not really get it going, but then you'll have to get something from Fox. But even if those two are on and they're not getting stuff from Hawkins, from Willis, these other guys – you're not going to be able to advance. You're not going to get to a Final Four. It's just not going to happen. Everybody talks about, you know, the championship team years ago. Yeah, they had Anthony Davis, Michael Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. But you had Deron Lamb coming back. You had a senior in Darius uh, Miller. You've got to have those types of players to be able to do that. And uh, that's what I see out of this team now. For North Carolina, what I think is the most interesting element for them is how much credit Roy Williams, or the lack of credit he's getting for the job he's done with his team. North Carolina doesn't have any one-and-dones. They don't have any, like, these obvious NBA guys. Like, well, North Carolina usually does, just like, you know, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. 
So I, I think it's pretty remarkable with what he's been able to get. I'm really surprised that Kentucky is not favored, though. I, I really am. Uh, best basketball game of the season certainly was Kentucky-Carolina earlier in the year. Um, I, I know these teams look different now, uh, for sure, but I think Kentucky is playing their best basketball, and they've got stars. If they are able to get Malik Monk actually going and playing a bigger role in the offense, they're a juggernaut, and, I mean, it'll be – It'll be quite a game with Kansas if that's what it comes to. Yeah, and I agree, I agree with you. I, I I don't think, and as big as a as a Kentucky homer as I am, I don't think Vegas has this right. If you look at uh, the road that North Carolina has has had to take versus Kentucky's, um, of course they have a, a you know 103 point output in the first round in their 16-1 matchup, but you know they got taken to the brink against Arkansas. Um, right. You know, they play a Butler team in the Sweet 16 that has eight losses. And granted, I didn't watch mm-hmm. a of Butler Bulldog basketball this year, but, you know, they didn't pass the eye test to me. Um, Kentucky, no, they, they, that was a name for me getting into the tournament and where they were seated. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably the weakest four of the bunch that, you know, Butler beats – uh, Winthrop in the first round, and then and then Minnesota is upset. So Butler beats uh, a 13 and a 12 to get into the Sweet 16. I, I I think Kentucky's playing their best basketball right now. I think that you know the the road uh, that they've had to play, which included Wichita State, a Ken Palm top 10 team, uh, not an easy game. Uh, UCLA, who you know beat them earlier this year. I think those two tune-ups. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a good thing for the cats. Yeah, it could. I mean, you can look at it, you know, one of two ways. Uh, the way that you put it, you could also say, um, you know, having to battle with teams that they have, you know, has it worn them down a little bit? Sure, now, it doesn't sure. look as if that that's happened. I mean, you know, they they look like they're you know cruising, playing really good basketball and beating really good basketball teams. So, uh, I mean, I would I would support more on your side. That's what I'm seeing. But then you really know what. You don't know what you're going to get tomorrow night. You know, they may show up flat in the uh, in the first half and maybe look a little bit beaten down because they've had to play, you know, a lot of tough games, you know, making the run, winning the SEC tournament, yep. you know, getting these games that you talked about. So we'll have to see. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if I look right now at how both teams are playing, I would, I would think that Kentucky would be on the other end of that. But, hey, there's a reason why, you know, Vegas is Vegas and, you know, I have a one-bedroom apartment. Yep, so – Will Will Chambers Final Four Xavier, Florida, Kansas, Kentucky. Is that right? No, I, I mean I've got Gonzaga. Okay, uh, I mean I, I would pick. Yeah, I would pick Xavier to cover that eight points, gotcha. but I, I think the I think the Bulldogs move on uh, to Arizona. Final but, thoughts. Uh, but yeah. Final thoughts. Um, hey, it's been a great tournament. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited that uh, you know anytime that you see your team is up on that schedule, on that television schedule, you know, uh, it's always a good feeling. Uh, and other games ahead of you, and so hopefully that'll be the case uh, tomorrow night when uh, when we look ahead to the Final Four weekend and the the Cats are in the Final Four. Well, Will Chambers, ESPN Radio Dallas, 103.3 FM, thanks so much for being on the show, and uh, I'm, I know we'll have you back soon. Anytime, brother. Thanks, Will. Again, this is Mark Collier for Thomas Matters Radio. You can download our podcast anywhere you can find podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, just search for Thomas Matters. And if you think about it, please rate us. It helps others find our podcasts and it helps our download numbers go up. 
So again, this is Mark Collier for Thomas Matters Radio for Will Chambers. Talk to you soon.